For this week's episode, we partnered with SECUS, an incredible organization that has been working to advance sex education for over 55 years. I will go ahead and let our guest introduce herself. Yeah, so I am Christine Soyoung Harley, the president and CEO of SECUS Sex Ed for Social Change, and I use she, her pronouns. We're so happy to have you, Christine. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Um, So when did you develop a passion for sex education and how does that translate into some of the work that you do now? So actually, I came to this work in a somewhat roundabout way. Um, I never actually set out to do work on sex education policy. Um, Actually, my career has been focused on advancing public policy that increases equity, particularly racial equity, um, across a number of policy issues. So I've worked on things like um, healthcare, immigration, economic justice, reproductive justice, indigenous rights, but always from this lens of how do we make sure that policy solutions meet the needs of our most vulnerable and underserved members of society. And as it turns out, the field of sex education could also use that lens in the way that we think about and talk about sex education. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I think is unique and important about sex education is that when I first started to imagine what the world would look like if we received it universally, it sort of has this magical ability to be this force for social transformation that goes far deeper uh, than most policy issues. Mm -hmm. So just imagine, right? um, If you had a world or how different the world would look if sex education was, was, provided to all young people. And we were all taught to sort of normalize human sexuality in all of its manifestations and the way that we really experience it. If we were taught, you know, if boys were taught to respect girls and their sexuality as independent and equal to their own. If we taught straight and cis folks that uh, they can affirm and accept the sexual and gender diversity of their peers, regardless of how that Uh, identity comes to be. Mm -hmm. Um, If we recognize the sexuality and reproductive abilities of people of color as something to embrace rather than to fear, right? They would really transform how we understand and interact with each other to Mm -hmm. see and respect and value one another. And that's what makes me passionate about sex education now. And that has led to some of the changes that we've been making at CICA since I've come on board where we rebranded the organization to really center that focus on social change. Um, And to talk about our mission now is to advance sex education through advocacy, policy, and coalition building in order to achieve an equitable nation where all people receive sex education, are affirmed in their identities, and have the power to make decisions about their own health, pleasure, and wholeness. And I think that that's really at the crux of it, because what we believe is that sex education is a way to build a foundation for long-term culture shift that ultimately positively impacts individuals and society, particularly at those issues of gender and racial equity, sexuality, sexual and reproductive health, consent, personal safety, uh, and bodily autonomy. I think that's so amazing. And I like that you did 
bring in identity because I think sex education is just so intertwined with one, how we identify and two, how comfortable we feel with expressing ourselves in the world. So I know a lot of folks probably just think sex education is the anatomic overview that we learn in education. So can you kind of shed some light as to how this actually can play a role in our everyday lives and how it does? Yeah. So when we talk about sex education, really what we mean is education that incorporates a number of different components. That does include human development and anatomy, includes relationships, including family relationships, peer relationships, romantic relationships. It's about violence prevention, right? Teaching young people around consent and sexual violence, what that means and how to, um, be empowered in your own ability to say no. Um, it includes mental and emotional health. It includes personal skill development, including you know communication, negotiation. Um, it is teaching young people how to um, dissent from an action and also to um, be able to accept and move forward from a rejection. Um, it includes sexual behavior, right? Including abstinence, including sexuality throughout the lifespan. Um, it includes reproductive health. So learning about STIs and contraception and miscarriages and abortion and pregnancy, right? All of those things. Um, it includes affirming and recognizing LGBTQ identities, gender uh, identities, youth with disabilities, youth of color as all being part of the normal human experience and, and things that no one should be ashamed of. Um, it includes discussion around society and culture, right? So many of these ideas are embedded in the way that we kind of force young people to assume identities that may not really align with how they understand themselves. And so being able to create a space where folks are able to ask why and to, rec and to see and to learn that how we understand gender or sexuality or race is not universal and is also something that's learned. Um, and it needs to be also trauma-informed and intersectional, right? So what's been really exciting is that there has been new research that started to come out that actually shows us that sex education programs that span multiple grades, that scaffold these kinds of conversation and topics starting from kindergarten and going through grade 12 actually are quite impactful and transformative in helping young people really explore these questions and content and information with a sense of both curiosity and openness, right? That curriculum that are inclusive of sexual orientations and gender identities and expressions actually help reduce homophobic bullying and harassment and increases safer school environments, not just for LGBTQ kids, but actually all kids, right? Because it allows for folks to just be themselves without that being um, a bullying target. That when you include discussions about sexual orientation and gender identity, it can decrease name calling and also creates more space for girls actually um, to be safe in school environments because it actually increases um, the willingness of folks to intervene when they see you know, sexist behavior happening. Um, so I think that 
what's important for us to understand is that, you know, when we teach sex education that's developmentally appropriate and inclusive, it improves the overall sense of acceptance and well-being for all young people. And it can lead to better health outcomes, including reports of fewer sex partners, reduced use of drugs and alcohol before sex, you know, less unplanned pregnancies, um, you know, better school attendance, because I think that really what it's doing is it creates spaces for people to feel their full selves and to be seen as their full selves and to be respected as their full selves. And so they don't seek out these adverse behaviors that may negatively impact their academic or health careers, right? Um, and so that's what we are talking about when we talk about sex education and why we are so opposed to programs, you know, that teach uh, abstinence um, or, you know, use outdated um, language and lessons on gender and sexual orientation because those really perpetuate the kind of harms that lead to um, those adverse health outcomes. Definitely. And I think to your point about the intersectionality, how a lot of sex education is also embedded in cultural practices. And Mm -hmm. as America is just very diverse in terms of the different kinds of cultures and ethnicities that we have, it's really hard to put a blanket policy over some of these things. But I do think inclusivity is so important, especially to mitigate those harmful reactions, especially when people feel uncomfortable. I mean, bringing it to a personal level, I know I tend to lash out if I feel uncomfortable or boxed in and I'm not really fitting the bill as to what has been characterized for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So I know that we, or you just discussed a little bit about how you have a few initiatives coming out for CECAS and you guys are rebranding. And I think under the Biden administration, there might be more of an opportunity to change the narrative around sex education that might not have been possible previously. Mm -hmm. So can you just highlight some of your current initiatives and advocacy efforts around sex education and how this might promote sustainable social change? Yeah, so I think that we're trying to do this in a couple of different ways. And the first one is what you just spoke about. We really need to shift the conversation that we've been having as a country about what sex education is. And, you know, this effort really began under the Trump administration. Um, But it's important for us to speak affirmatively and proactively about how sex education is much more than preventing teen pregnancy or disease transmission, that it is about creating safer school environments for LGBTQ youth, for acting as a prevention tool against child sexual abuse and sexual violence for older youth. Um, It's a space to reset these antiquated ideas around gender identity and sexual orientation so that more children can grow up unashamed of who they are and to being in control of their own decision-making around sexual behavior, healthcare rights, and for those of their peers and others. Um, so that's, a, that's an important shift because what it means is that we should not be funding federal programs that don't help us achieve these social goods. Mm-hmm. So then at the, at the federal level, when we're talking about what kind of changes we can make with the administration and with Congress, 
you know, the most important thing is that we are funding programs that are evidence-based and that teach and promote comprehensive sex education that that improve adolescent sexual health and well-being outcomes. So there are a couple of different funding streams that exist that we want to see those those programs supported and to make sure that programs that are being funded through those funding streams really achieve these kinds of outcomes. And so that does include the teen pregnancy prevention program, um, the HIV school health program, and the personal responsibility and education program. What we also need to make sure though, is that programs that teach this abstinence only until marriage, they've rebranded them to be called the sexual risk uh, avoidance education programs. Mm. That needs to be cut. We, the U.S. government has spent billions of dollars on abstinence-only programs, and we know they don't work, and we know that they cause harm, that they stigmatize and shame kids. And so we're really uh, pushing for those programs to be terminated. Federal dollars should not be going to programs that harm young people. The second thing that we're doing at the federal level is we are taking advantage of this new Congress to introduce brand new legislation. It's really going to be a combination of two previous bills. So we have been um, leading advocacy around the Real Education for Healthy Youth Act and the Youth Access to Sexual Health Services Act. Both of these bills focus on advancing comprehensive sex education and creating a dedicated federal funding stream to support this kind of education. But by combining these bills, we really want to speak more holistically and really from a reproductive justice framework about the rights and needs of all young people to receive this kind of education, and particularly to make sure that no one is left out of an important policy solution like this, particularly youth of color, LGBTQ youth, systems impacted youth in foster care and the juvenile justice system um, and others. So... We're really excited um, about this re-envisioning of what a federal sex education bill can look like. Um, and we'll be introducing um, legislation later this year, um, hopefully in May during Sex Ed for All Month. Um, and then the last thing that we have been doing at CECAS is we started um, really like a nationwide coalition of sex education advocates and grass top leaders and organizations and folks that have really been pushing this conversation to build a collective of folks that are both working at the state and local level and where CECAS can act in a supportive role in helping them advance um, Healthy Youth Act legislation in their own communities. But we really wanna also harness that energy and that wealth of experience and knowledge and storytelling Um, to be a powerhouse in Congress and to share why this is so important and why they have been dedicated to pushing for this kind of policy solution um, in their own communities. And so um, the Sex Ed Policy Action Council will be, you know, relaunching this year now that the coronavirus pandemic is, you know, starting to be in our back window so that we can work with partners um, in at least 35 states um, to be a you know, to be a partner with them in advancing progressive sex education policy and being that voice um, at the national level to push for funding and support for these programs. I'm really excited to see all of these come to fruition. I know it's been a long time coming, so it's so great to see us kind of push sex education more in a health and wellness because that's what it is. 
And I love this idea of dismantling gender constructs that pretty much encompass harmful expectations, especially when folks feel like they can't really reach that or align with that. So, Mm -hmm. and overall, these policies are really just pushing for safety and inclusivity, which is so necessary, especially in today's environment and culture. Yeah, I mean, really at its most basic, it's basically teaching us how to treat each other the right way. <laughs> right? Yeah, just, just be human. <laughs> right. <laughs> just be a good person and a good human being to your fellow human being because like who they are is valuable and we should love and respect it, right? Yes, yes, I love that. So I know from one of the studies that I read from CECAS was there is undeniable public support for comprehensive sex education. So people aren't really against it. They're very much for it. So how can people get involved and help advance the work that you're doing or even just kind of be more mindful in their everyday life? Yeah, I thank you so much for asking this question. I mean, I think that there are so many different ways that folks can get involved. I mean, one way that's super easy is, you know, go to the SICUS website at siecus.org and join our email list. We are constantly sharing policy updates and action alerts that allow folks to be engaged at both the state level or at the national level um, to help us you know, grow that voice of folks that are pushing for progressive policy and combating harmful policies as it relates to sex education. So you can join that list and become a part of a bigger conversation that we're having. Um, We also have a um, community action toolkit, which folks are welcome to download. And really what it does is it provides guidance on how you can engage at any entry point for making a a change on the sex education that's being Um, offered in your community. Um, Because I think that one of the things that's most important to recognize about this issue is that really you can make change at any starting point. You can make it in a school, you can make it at a school district level, you can make it at a county level, you can make it at a state level, right? Like it, it, it starts where you are comfortable starting and can grow from there. Um, And then Um, The next thing uh, that I would offer is to join us um, on social media and be a part of the conversation during May. This was, um, we rebranded May to stop talking about teen pregnancy prevention in 2019 and to start talking about sex ed for all. And so really this is an opportunity for all young people to share their stories about why sex education is important to them, why sex education that recognizes their own identities and lived experiences is important to them, and to join a wide coalition of organizations and community partners who will be speaking out about the importance of comprehensive sex education um, for young people, for states to pass as legislation, and at the national level. Um, And so, you know, I think that, again, this is a really great opportunity to be connected with other groups that are holding these conversations and to help drive this national conversation. Because I do think that we need to hear, particularly from young people, um, about why it's important for us to change the conversation on sex and to stop being so fear-based about it. Yeah, I do love that you guys are really working to empower these young people and create a community where they feel safe to share their stories and experiences, because that is important. And I think highlighting 
real life experiences instead of our ideal scenarios is super important in terms of creating that sustainable change. Yeah, that's right. So the last question that I have for you today, we tend to ask all of our partners is what does success look like for Seekus? So for me, I think that success looks like universal implementation and access to comprehensive, inclusive, racially responsive, medically accurate, evidence-based sex education that's offered and provided to every young person in America. Um, You know, like I said, ultimately, I want to see a world in which we're all seen, recognized, affirmed, valued, and respected for who we are regardless of how our our identity manifests and that we can walk in this world without fear of violence because of our identities. That's, that's what success looks like to me. Ooh, I just got chills. That was very inspiring. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Christine, for joining us on down for the cause. To our listeners, make sure you visit Seekus at www.seekus.org and on Instagram at Seekus for key resources related to sex education and to stay informed about the important national and state legislation that they will be pushing for. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you.